0: You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from our congressional care pastor, Aaron Caton. Well, good morning. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Last Sunday, that's how I was feeling. I came to, you know... uh, I feel like church is like the hospital because I believe in Jesus, I believe in miracles. So, you know, if you're going to go to the hospital, you might as well come to church and sit down and see if God's going to do a miracle for you, right? So, amen. So, hey, so I was at the barbershop, um, Wednesday and, and the question was what happens to the Jewish people? He goes, have you ever thought about that? You know, they are God's chosen people. They are his children, but what happens to the Jewish people? When the rapture comes. And in my head automatically I said, well, if they've never confessed Jesus, they're not going to heaven, right? I mean, but we think about it. We're like, but these are God's chosen people. He, he named them. He brought them up out of Egypt. He loved on them. And he, he is their God. They still, they still serve God faithfully. They just haven't received Jesus as the Messiah. So today the title of the message is The Redemption Plan if you'll stand with me, um, I want to take us through uh, from the creation to the redemption plan. And, and I, I hope that you'll stay with me. It's what the Lord laid on my heart uh, whenever I got this. So let's read this together. For God so loved the world, I can't hear you. Let's read it together. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Give him a hand, clap, and shot of <laughs> praise, huh? So we're going to start in in creation in Genesis one verses one and verse twenty seven. He says, "In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth." Verse twenty seven. So God created man in His image, in the image of God He him created male and female. God is the Creator of all things, and His name is Elohim. God created us in His very image and His very likeness, and we are to be personable. We're to be intelligent, and we're to have morals. We are thinkers, we have feelings, we have a willingness to do things. God created us in his image, this is God. We we are spirit, soul, and body. We are a spiritual being. We're created with traits that exceed other godly creations. He made us creative, he made us engineers to build things, he made us doctors and nurses to to provide medicine, He, he created us which is above every creation. He created us to give dominion, to have dominion over those that were under us. He created us with thumbs for you kids so you could play video games. I think I just lost everything. He created us in his image so that we could have fellowship with him. God never intended for us to be separated from him. God intended us to have a relationship. God intended Adam and Eve to never sin. God intended for them to have a relationship every day. And I don't know what that would have looked like if they would have never sinned. But God created us to walk in obedience and to walk to his will. We are who we are because of God. And we should reflect that in our everyday walk. We should reflect the God that we serve. We should reflect the God that created us. We should reflect the God that saved us. Too many times we don't share that reflection every day of our life. But sin came in which brought rebellion and disobedience. Rebellion and disobedience is not a good thing and it's not of God. Adam and Eve sinned against God by eating of the fruit of of, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, God said, you could eat of anything, but do not eat of that tree. But with sin, with Adam and Eve, with sin, it separated them from God. And God never intended that separation to take place. And as we continue to follow Adam and Eve, all sorts of wickedness and all sorts of evil come up on the earth. And we're in Genesis 6 and 5. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Man, we have to guard our hearts. Our hearts will direct us in a path that, that we don't want to go. One of my friends said, we got to go with our morals and not our feelings. Think about that. we got to go with our morals and not with our feelings. God never intended us to be separated. The wickedness that's up on, on the earth at this time is relationships are taking place between fallen angels and, and daughters of man, and they're starting to create a new species, and God is not pleased with us at all, and God is seeing the wickedness and, and the sin as you know, as we have feelings, God has feelings, and His heart is broken. Right now on this earth, the people are breaking God's feelings, they're breaking His heart. They keep sinning, they keep doing wrong, we just keep accepting and accepting and accepting those things that are, that are wrong, and, and now we're starting to say, we have debates and we have arguments that it's good and homosexuality is right. Homosexuality is wrong. God created man and woman. We're not transgenders, we're not transgenders. I'm a man. God made me a male. Yeah. He made some of you a female so that we could have a relationship and fall in love together. Yes. Amen. Some of us are thieves. Some of us are murderers. God never intended it. Right. Just in the days that, uh, that's going on and the wickedness that's going on right there, it's still going on today. <laughs> Genesis 6 and 6, and it repented of the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. I tell you, God had feelings. God is sorry. God is sorry that he ever made mankind. God created us with the right intentions, with the right desires, but it's the sin that separates us from God. God sees a man by the name of Noah, Genesis 6, 8 and 9. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah is a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. Noah's a good man, and he walks with morals. He's walking with the teachings that God has given him. He's walking with an ear that hears what God is saying. Do this, don't do that. He's trying to walk perfect before God and with God. But God places judgment upon the earth because of what he's seen, because of the wickedness and the corruption. And God instructs Noah to build an ark. He and his sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, they build this ark because God is about to flood the earth. And God brought the animals and they loaded the animals. And Noah's family got in and God shuts the door and he seals the door. And for 40 days and 40 nights, it rained. And every living thing on earth that was not in that ark was destroyed. God was doing a cleansing God wants to do a cleansing in us. If you surrender everything to you, it just as Noah did, and Noah loaded himself up in that ark, God wants to do a cleansing in us. He was cleansing the earth of all sin, of all filthiness. If you let God into your heart, God will cleanse your heart. God will remove the filthiness of who you used to be and make you a new creation. God will do great things in your life. Amen? And then the boat lands on the ground, Noah and his family safely get out. The flood is over and Noah and his family come out. The animals come out and God blessed Noah and his family. And he said to them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And that's exactly what they did. They were a people with one language on this earth. They got prideful though. And they decided to build a tower of Babel to make a name for themselves, the Word of God tells me. Pride is a sin. Pride is a sin that leads to other sins. Pride is a sin that just keeps leading you down a path, eventually, where you say, I don't need God. Pride pride is a sin where Lucifer was a worshiping angel, but he said, I lead you in worship. I can be your God. The the devil was a liar. Lucifer is a liar. He's the father of lies. He's, He's a counterfeiter. The things that he does in our life is nothing but a counterfeit to the great things that God can do in our life and establish in our life. If we just step down and say, I surrender to you, God, show me your ways. Just as Noah said, show me the way, help me build this ark. I'll get in it. I will go. You destroy the wickedness. You cleanse the earth. You reestablish it the way that you want to. There's a people, they build a tower, pride gets in them. So sin and wickedness of the people cause God to cast judgment. And he changed their language and he scattered them all over the earth. God is in search of a man. God is in search of a woman. God is in search of a people that will live for him, that will stay true to him, that will love him with all of his heart, all of their mind, and all their strength. God is still looking for a people. Even after destroying the earth, God is still looking for a person. He's still looking for a people. And through the bloodline of Noah, through his son Shem, there's a man named Abram. And we see Abram, we get to meet him in Genesis 12, 1 through 3. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing." And I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curses thee. And in thee shall all the families of earth be blessed. Because of Abram, God is making a covenant with all people. Everyone that will ever surrender their heart. You can look back to this and you, say, you can say, God, you made a promise with Abram. After the sin in the garden, God is still seeking a way to reinstate man, the redemption God seeks a relationship with us. And what God said to Abram would go for us. God wants us to live by faith. God wants us to live by obedience to him and to his will. The word of God that is put out there before us, God wants us to read it and live it. Abram leaves the old world behind. When God calls you out of the old, it's because he wants to do something new for you. And he wants to do something new in you. God called him. leave his kindred. God called him to leave his father's house. And and that might be hard for some of you. That might be something that you say, I don't understand what that means. Well, I can tell you when God called me, I had to leave my kindred. I had to leave my brothers and sisters who were bad influence on me. I had to leave the neighbors that were bad influence on me because God wanted to do something new in me. God wanted to work a, a salvation through me and in me. So I had to walk away from the old country. I had to walk away from the old people. I had to step away from from everything that I used to be and surrender and say, make me new, God. Make me new. It's up to you to hear and to obey God. Abram got up and he stepped into the blessings of God. God changes Abram and his wife's name, Sarah, to Abraham and to Sarah. And they're old, but God blesses them with a son, Isaac, two grandsons, Esau and Jacob. And 12 great-grandsons, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Dan, Naphtiah, Gad, Asher, Issachar, Zebulun, Joseph, and Benjamin. And all these blessings of family and prosperity towards Abraham and Sarah, there's still sin in the world. God has to go to a city called Sodom and Gomorrah and he destroys it. God wants us to be separated from sin. God doesn't want us to live in sin. He's called us out of darkness to be light. He called us to be free. And when we step back into sin, we start start stepping back into the bondage. We start stepping back into the change, and we start stepping back into guilt, and we start stepping back into shame, and we start stepping back into every lie that the adversary starts telling you so that you're so far away from God The wickedness of the earth, God doesn't want us to be in the wickedness. He wants us to be around it so that we can preach the gospel of Jesus, but he doesn't want us to be in it. God called us to be different. He called us to be his sons and his daughters. The blessings of Abraham, the family continues through his grandson, Jacob. Jacob wrestles with God and God blesses Jacob and he changes his name to Israel. The blessings of Abraham is just continuing to fall down the bloodline. The blessings of God continue through Israel to his own son, Joseph. Joseph, the coat of many Collars, Abraham's great-grandson. And with Joseph, his brothers are jealous because God has given him visions and dreams and interpretations of these dreams, and his family is jealous. Again, sometimes we've got to leave our kinyard. Not the way Joseph thought he would leave his kenyard. They sold him into slavery. He, and, and God worked it out where he was purchased by Potiphar, and he became the second, the second man or the man in control of Potiphar's house. And, and Potiphar's house was prospering until there's accusations made against Joseph. Now he's in prison and, and he's struggling, but God is with him. And he turns his faith back to God. There's times in our lives where we'll hit the valley and we'll say, God, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know why I'm in this place. I don't know what I did wrong. Sometimes maybe we didn't do any wrong. Sometimes maybe God's trying to take you to the valley so that he can advance you up a mountaintop. Amen? Amen? God's working everything for your good if you just allow him to work for you instead of you working him for you. Amen. Does that make sense? Amen. So Joseph stays faithful even in the prison and God raises Joseph up to second in command of the Egyptians. A famine hits the land, but Egypt because of Joseph and the God that he serves, Yahshua, there's plenty of food in the land. And Joseph's brothers come down, the, the nation of Israel is in, in famine also. And they come down and, and he works with them and he tricks them and he forgives them. And then he invites them, go back and get our father, Jacob. And Jacob comes down. And now all of Israel, the whole nation has moved to, to Egypt. But eventually, because of old age, Jacob dies. Old age, Joseph dies. A new king raises up in Egypt and he takes the Israelites captive and he makes them slaves in his land. But God frees the Israelites from Pharaoh. And he promised the Israelites a land flowing with milk and honey called Canaan land. When they come out of the Red Sea, they go straight to it. But murmuring and complaining and disbelief, they can't walk into it. They can't take the land that God is trying to give them. Sometimes you can't take the land that God is trying to give you because of your own unbelief. You can't believe that God is doing these things for you. I can't believe I'm going to get this promotion, but God's promoting you. All you gotta do is be faithful and walk in the blessings of Abraham. However, the Israelites, they can't stop complaining, they can't stop murmuring, they can't stop sinning. And the leader over them at this time is Moses and God walks with Moses and God talks with Moses. In Exodus 20, we see God gives Moses the laws and the commands. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Man, that that makes me mad when somebody uses the name of the Lord. Even before I was saved, that, that bothered me. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Honor thy father and thy mother. Let me read that again for all the kids that are in here. Honor thy father and thy mother. That means be obedient. To them and be respectful and use your manners. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Thou shalt not covet. God gave more laws and commands to Israel, and when they failed to obey the laws and the commands, they had a way for redemption. They were able to sacrifice animals, but this was only a temporary way to cover their sins. When they sinned, they sacrificed. God was trying to keep a redemption process going for his people because God loves his people. But the people can't stop sinning. They keep turning away from God. They keep going in their own, they keep going in their own direction and sin keeps taking us away from God. God places judges and prophets over his nation, but the Israelites, they keep sinning The Israelites went went to Samuel, the prophet, and says, we want a king. So so Samuel goes before the Lord and says, we want a king. So God gives them Saul, who rebelled against God. So God gave them David, who sinned, but he repented. The many ways God tried for the Israelites, they keep sinning. They kept sinning, they keep sacrificing to cover their sins. God would allow the Israelites to face captivity, slavery, and other nations. And he would hear their cry, if you bring me out of this, I'll live for you ever, almighty God. How many of you have ever said that? Don't raise your hand. How many of you have ever said that? You've been here at this altar. You've got down on your knees and you said, God, if you get me up out of this sin, I'll live for you forever. I'll live, Lord God. And and he's brought you up out of that sin for what? For you to do. To turn right back into it and go right back away from the Lord who delivered you. Time and time again, God has seen it. He's hearing their cry. He says, I'm gonna bring you out. And he brings them out. For what? For what? He delivers them out of captivity for them to just go right back into sin. Between the book of Malachi, the Old Testament, the last book, and the book of Matthew, the first book in the New Testament, roughly 400 plus years, God is still wanting to deliver his people. There's still a plan for redemption. However, the Israelites and their priests won't let go of the old laws and the religious traditions. The old laws, those 10 commandments, they still work today. If you live by them, they will still work and they will still keep you in the peace of God and the holiness and the righteousness of God. The priests are setting their own ways. They want to do their things their way. Again, we can't do it our own way. We got to do it God's way. God is trying to show them and God has been trying to show them. The Lord has been speaking his plan of redemption. Isaiah 9 and 6. For unto us a child is born and to us a son is given. And the government shall be up on his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. He's continued to speak. He's continued to prophesy. Micah 5 and 2, he says, But thou, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come unto me that is to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth has been from of old from everlasting. God is saying, I'm bringing the word, the word that has been spoken, the word is about to come, the word's gonna come to life. I've been telling you, Jesus is born of a Virgin Mary. He grows with increased wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man, it tells us in Luke 2 and 52. He's preaching and teaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Mark one and five and saying, the time is fulfilled. Jesus is saying, the time is fulfilled. The prophecy is here. I am here. And he says, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. Jesus is saying, I'm here. I'm alive. God has sent it. You got to believe it. Jesus continues to teach and to preach. John 3 and 17 and 18. For God sent not his son into the world, but to... God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He didn't come to condemn us. He didn't come to condemn me of my sin. He came to say, Aaron, I want to draw you out of that. Pancake, I want to draw you out of that. Jimmy, I want to draw you out of that. Bob, I want to draw you out of that. Rosie, I want to draw you out of that. I ain't condemning you. I want to bring you out of that so you can see salvation, so you can walk in a new light. He that believeth on him, he that believeth on Jesus is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already. If you never confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today is the day and that should scare you. He that believeth not is condemned. Whether you're bad or good, it don't matter. If you're not believing on Jesus, heaven is not your home. Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Jesus says men love darkness more than light. We have to believe, we have to confess the name of Jesus to be saved. We must be doing what is good and we must be doing and living right for God. The Israelites, again, the Jewish leaders, the Pharisees, the scribes, the Sanhedrins, the keepers of the law cannot accept this. They can't believe that Jesus is the son of God. They preach against Jesus, calling him a false prophet. They seek ways to put Jesus to death at the same time They're marveled at his teachings. They're marveled at the miraculous miracles that he's doing. Jesus came to fulfill the law. He came to fulfill the the will of the Father. And he continues to preach in John 8 and 12. Then spoke Jesus unto them saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. All you got to do is say, Jesus, come into my heart. And it's like walking into a dark room and you flip on the switch and all darkness leaves. And if you ask Jesus today to come into your heart, he's going to flip on that switch and the light of the world is going to come into your heart and changes are going to start taking place. Bad habits are going to start breaking off of you. Changes in your attitude, changes in your behavior, a new song is going to rise up out of your heart. You're going to start singing a song. You're going to start having a pep in your step and you're going to say, I don't know what's happened, but I can tell you what happened. You've allowed Jesus to change something inside of you, and if you continue to surrender, he'll continue to change. He'll continue to flip that switch. Amen? Amen. Jesus says in John 14 and 6, he said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He is the life. He is the truth and he is the way. And if you open up up your, your Bible and you start reading, everything that's in the red, you will see Jesus. That's what he's speaking. That's what he wants us to live. That's how he wants us to share the gospel. He wants us to bring it out. He wants to bring it out of us and bring it into the world around us. Amen? The Pharisees and the chief priests arrest Jesus and judge him guilty. And that Jesus ought to die because he made himself the son of God. Tells us that in John 19 and 7, they turn Jesus over to the Romans to kill him. They capture him, they they turn him over. All along, this is the plan, redemption. Jesus, the son of God, who knew no sin, will become the sacrificial lamb of God. Amen? In closing, Hebrews 10 and 4, for it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sin. Abba, Father, the Father in heaven, he's seen his children. He's seen his children every time. They sin, they sacrifice. They sin, they sacrifice. They sin, they sacrifice. They sin, they sacrifice. He says, no more. No more. The blood of bulls and goats don't cover it anymore. We can't live that way. Many of us, we come to this altar and we repent of our sins. God, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of what I've done wrong. But we continue to pick that right back up and go right back out the door with it because we can't fully surrender. We we don't understand how God can completely deliver us from it, but he can. He has and he will. Mark 10 and 45, it's in the red. Jesus said it, for even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto Many ministered to him. Many brought him into this house and fed him. A young lady broke over her alabaster box and poured oil all over him, anointed him. But he says, but I came to minister. I came to minister. And if we read Mark, I spoke it last Sunday night. If you read Mark, he teaches you to pray. He teaches you to go to the synagogue. He teaches you to go back to the Father and ask, what's your will for me, Father? He teaches, he's ministering to us so that we can have life and have life more abundantly here on earth. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Hebrews 9 and 28 says, So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him, shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Let me read that again for you. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins. That's what we just read. His life was given For the ransom of many. Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him. Listen, whenever he steps out of the cloud a second time. It ain't coming because he's taking the cross for our sins again. He's coming back for a remnant bunch of people. That have confessed him. That have believed on him. And that has lived for him. He's coming back. The cloud's going to split wide open. The trumpet's going to blow. And he's coming for you that have salvation. And you're going to ride up into glory with him. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. The Israelites, the Jews, God's people, were looking for a king that would deliver them from the oppression of the Roman government. They couldn't recognize Jesus as the Messiah, the king of the Jews, that came to save them from their selfish, sinful ways. Many of us... You sit here today, you were once the same. I was once the same. I couldn't recognize him. I went to church all the time. I heard it preached. I couldn't recognize him. But the minute the Spirit of God drew me, I knew something was alive inside of me, something that I couldn't strike down, something that kept drawing me towards the kingdom of God, and I surrendered all things. And if that's you today, you're sitting here and you say, I I don't know, I've listened to it, I've listened to it, I pray the Holy Spirit is grabbing a hold of your heart right now and dragging you unto salvation for the glory of God, amen? Listen, Jesus was beaten and bruised for our sins, nailed to a cross. For our sins. Jesus conquered hell, death, and the grave so that we could live free from the death of our sins. Mm. Jesus rose from the grave, ascended into heaven because he's coming back, could get those that are saved. Amen. So to answer the question, everybody's got to be saved. Everyone has to be saved. Jews and Gentiles must confess and believe that Jesus is the Christ the Son of God, in order to be saved. It doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter how bad of a person you are. If you repent of your sins and if you ask Christ to come into your heart, you are saved, is what the Bible teaches me. So to enter into heaven, you must be saved. If you will, stand your feet and bow your heads. I pray that this message has touched every single one of our hearts I pray that it's led us through the redemption plan of what God has for us. God wants to do a mighty work in every one of our hearts and every one of our lives. He's working the redemption process from the old Testament to the new Testament. And finally he said, I'm going to sacrifice my son, my only begotten to take the sins of the world so that we could be free. If that's you today, if you've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life, if you feel the Spirit of God drawing you, I'd ask you to raise your hand and say, Pastor, I need to know Jesus. Is there one today? Is there one today that would say, I need to know Jesus? Is there one? Is there one? Is there one today? If the Spirit's drawing you, I encourage you to raise your hand. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray, Lord God, that this message has redeemed us, Lord God, It's ignited us, Lord God, in fire and passion for your kingdom and for your word, Lord God. Father, I plead the blood of Jesus over us, Lord God, no matter how we walked in here, that our mindset would be changed to realize everything that you've done, everything that you kept working for our good in Jesus Christ, our Savior. Father, I pray a blessing over the people. Lord God, I pray that you touch our hearts and draw us closer to you. And ask your blessing upon us in the name of Jesus. And amen. And hey, this altar's open. If you're thankful, come. If you need prayer, come. We have prayer team, prayer warriors that are here. I encourage you to come. If you're dealing with something in life, come. Ask one of them to pray. I encourage you. As Pastor Carrie leads us in a song, I encourage you to come. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10am or 6pm, we have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10am.